0: What's going on, FCS football fans? Welcome to the FCS Opening Drive Podcast, presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I am David Hasegan. To my left, as always, the star of the playbook, Emery Hunt. Emery, good morning,
1: sir. Good morning, sir. As you noted before we jumped on, I am ready to begin the show. Finally, folks.
0: I usually have to wait for this guy for a good 15 minutes. He's he's texting people on
1: his phone. Well, I was always trying to get the social media popping like we always do, you know. You you will probably do it with your hot takes, though.
0: Uh, what what hot take can I possibly oh, have that would insult sure. you're, people? You're, you're chock full of hot oh, takes. What would uh, the whole San Diego versus North Coast? Forget <laughs> that one. It, it's fine. <laughs> it's it's okay, folks. First of all, Happy Independence Day week. We are throwing this up on Tuesday, and you know what's really great when you're hanging out, you know, with your family on Fourth of July and you know watching fireworks and having a barbecue. You know what's a great addition to that, Emery? What's up? Listening to the FCS Opening Drive podcast, and you can listen to all of our podcasts. From here all the way back to the big sky on iTunes and SoundCloud. Search Football Game Plan in the podcast section. Don't forget that you can follow us on YouTube as well, fo- Football Game Plan on YouTube as well as FootballGamePlan.com. And if you are on social media, and if you aren't, I don't know where you are, but because you are a unicorn if you are not on social media, <laughs> yeah, right. follow us on Twitter. At the FCS kickoff, at FCS opening drive, and follow my man Emery at Fball Game Plan. It is NEC
1: week. You good at this, man?
0: I mean, I try to be. I mean, we've only been doing this for since what? Since last May. year, right? <laughs> so I, I think it's getting there. Um, it's NEC week, Emery. So it's a smaller conference. Some would say a less significant conference. We would tend to disagree, wouldn't we? Definitely. We will get into that, folks. We will talk about why. The stigma exists, shall we say, that, oh, the NEC is weak. It's terrible. It's only a one team conference, as our producer, Mike McCarthy, just said just minutes before we came on here.
1: Blow up his mentions, man. Mike was, <laughs> that's uncalled for, Mike. We
0: we will see. We'll, we'll let, Emory. I'll let you make the argument here and, you know, really talk about the NEC. But let's talk about what happened last year in the NEC. A first time champion, Central Connecticut State, the Blue Devils, the title. Um, Undefeated season in conference, six and zero. Finished eight and four with a uh, out being ousted in the first round of the playoffs by New Hampshire. Um, but overall, some decent teams. Duquesne was right there until the end. We thought they were going to win it, right? Um, like they always seem to. Bryant continues to improve as a program. They're getting up there. St. Francis,
1: kind of in the middle of the road. What did we learn out of the NEC last year that maybe was a little surprising? Well, that this is a tough conference, top to bottom. When you look at Central Connecticut State, right? Going undefeated in conference play was remarkable. We didn't see that coming entering the season. We thought they were going to be good defensively. I had questions about their offense. How are they going to put up points on the board? Right. But their offense caught fire. Um, They got great play from their quarterback, Dogala. He missed a playoff game because of a suspension. But defensively, they were awesome. They were one of the best teams in the NEC. Uh, Then you talk about Duquesne. Like you said, they were the big dogs coming in thinking that, hey, okay, this team – they run the ball well with AJ Hines. They got a really good uh, center and Ben Hughes, who's now in the NFL. But you know, we thought that team was going to be the playoff represent- uh, representative. Um, Saint Francis the year before was in the playoffs, lost to Villanova. Um, then yep. graduated some guys, and you know they were good defensively. Very, second, good very good defensively. You talk about Bryant; they won four straight games to end the season. Increasing the optimism heading into this year. Yep. Sacred Heart was good two years ago as well. Uh, two to three years ago when they were in the playoffs. And we know that team is always a competitive team. And Wagner, just like St. Francis, is pretty much built the same way. And Wagner started to figure it out last year. Uh, we know they're stocked with talent. So I think the only team that, that really would give Mike McCarthy some, some, uh, some, firepower. some firepower would be Robert Morris. But be on the lookout for Robert Morris because I thought last year with the recruiting class they brought in, the 2017 class, uh, okay, they're building in the right direction. Now they have a new coach in Bernard Clark. But I think this team is on a come up. So 17 league, they're not as uh, deep as far as, you know, number of teams. But each and every Saturday you could make a case for any one of the six outside of Robert Morris uh, right now. So what we learned last year is what – I have personally always known about the NEC that this conference is very good and deep and also talented. And I think what we also learned is that numbers statistically do not matter
0: in determining who is going to win a conference. Because let me throw you something here. These are all the categories that Duquesne was better than Central Connecticut State in last season. Scoring offense, total offense, scoring defense, total defense, rushing offense, passing offense, passing defense, rushing defense. Didn't win the game didn't win the game, didn't win the conference.
1: Yeah, there you have it. And it shows you, and I've always said this, that numbers always lie. It's funny that people always go and quickly point to numbers, but numbers never tell the whole story. They always lie. And so um, that's one philosophical argument I'm always having with guys on Twitter uh, that want to talk football, but they quickly bring up stats, and stats <laughs> not don't necessarily. Like, for instance, let's soapbox for a minute. Go ahead. Let's take the Chicago Bears, right? Fair enough, and their running game, it's all Bears. When you watch Jordan Howard run, yep, no productive. But then you watch a guy like Tariq Cohen run. Who would you want to give the ball to more? Yeah, it's so pretty obvious. But the numbers say Jordan. Give it to Jordan Howard. But if you replace those numbers with the if numbers were weren't the answer or the concern, and you went strictly on talent and playmaking ability, you would want to feature the guy that gives you more of that than feeding a guy that doesn't give you that. So when you talk about the NEC and people look at the records, oh, only one team got in the playoffs. Juxtaposed to let's say the CAA where everybody gets to the playoffs, or the Missouri Valley where everybody gets to the playoffs. Um, this conference probably is a 2 bid league. If we're if we're being honest, you know, yeah. last year you could have made a case for it, but you know, with this year with the way these teams are stacking up, you may see two teams out the NEC get in to the playoffs. And you talk about some of the other teams
0: in this. We talked about Central Connecticut. Obviously, you talked about Duquesne, um, St. Francis, best defense in the conference last year. They were best in total defense and passing and rushing defense. The whole category couldn't really find the offense offensive spark to move it forward. Bryant, still a very young program, had last year's defensive player of the year in Tom Costigan, who's coming back for his senior season. Um, you really do have a lot of a lot more. Fight in these teams because again, this is Northeast football, and we, we know from watching high school games around here as well that a lot of these kids you know, these are blue collar effort kids. A lot of them, you know, that are coming out of you know, situations in Connecticut or Boston or New York, and they are willing, they don't care who you are. They don't, that, that is a Northeast persona, is we don't care who you are, we're going to hit you just as hard, you're going to feel it just as much, and we're still going to absolutely whip you. So it, it, it really is that – I think that's one of the reasons why people don't have that kind of – have that connotation of, oh, the NEC is weak, because they haven't experienced it. They haven't come up to the – you know, they go down to the south and they watch, um you know, James Madison. They go out and watch the Bison at North Dakota State, and they stay in that kind of that bubble. And, you know, up in the northeast you have, oh, it's the Patriot League. Oh, it's the NEC. You have a couple of Ivy League schools, you know. And, oh, there's New Hampshire too, but really there's not much – Come up here and watch a game, and watch some of the hits that these kids didn't deliver, especially defensively,
1: and tell me, oh, this is a weak, this is weak football up here
0: because it really isn't.
1: Yeah, and you talk about how strong they are. We talked about the conference play, but look at the things that they were doing outside of conference. Yeah, I mean, Central Connecticut State, considering that they didn't play with their starting quarterback in that playoff game, had that game won, held New Hampshire to fourteen points. <laughs> so fourteen that, points—that's a big dog in the CAA, right? Yeah, uh, Wagner beat Lehigh last year. Patriot League, big dog, offensive juggernaut, they, sock it too. they socked it too, uh, Lehigh. So we know this. St. Francis is another one that's really good that can win out of conference. Duquesne can win out of conference. So, yes, this team, this, this group of teams can not only win within the conference, but they travel well. They go outside the NEC and are very competitive and have won a, a lot of games. And, again, I've done the recruiting part of it. Already, because we, you know, we kind of like inverted the week a little bit because of my schedule on Monday. This guy's just a celebrity, folks. He's well, going know, on trying to get on camera I, I, that's all day. I, I just try to be famous. You know what I'm saying? I'm, just try, I'm <laughs> trying to be like. It's you. helpful to be photogenic. Uh, you know, that's what. Yeah, I, I do. I I do clean up well and look, look great in front of the eh, camera. I have to. Debatable, <laughs> but no, you gotta be. You gotta be in a wardrobe. I'll tell you that though. But I will say this though, I look at uh, the recruiting and the talent that is coming into this conference. Mm-hmm. And it was just maybe seven guys that I highlighted, right? Obviously, you pick one guy to make a video, video, but when you watch the rest of the class, you're like, man, how did this guy not get an offer somewhere bigger? Not saying that there's a knock against the NEC, but it shows you two things, that there's an influx of talent and that these kids are choosing to play football at these universities, which is great. You know, because they understand, like, hey, this program can get me ultimately where I want to be. And that goes uh, for the high school kids. And when you look at some of the pro prospects that we'll break down probably uh, today or or tomorrow's video, Um, you'll see that this group has a lot of pro prospects as well.
0: Exactly. And we'll talk about pro prospects. We did actually have a draft pick out of this conference last year and out of Wagner. You know, you mentioned them. Oh, it's Wagner. They're four and seven, two and four doesn't matter they still had a kid with talent greg sanat the uh former basketball player at wagner goes to o-tackle goes in the sixth round to the ravens at the 212th pick what do the ravens get out of a kid like sanat
1: going oh, forward man. they get tremendous upside and i know that's a famous phrase that you toss out when you're talking about draft prospects especially draft prospects coming from the fcs but shout out to coach O'Tolling for for recognizing the talent and you know putting that bug in his ear like hey man listen with yeah. your frame, you could be a phenomenal offensive tackle. Did well enough to where he got an invite to the Shrine game, more than held his own down there, yep. and got drafted. And so, yes, the Ravens are getting themselves a a big mold of clay that still has that upside left. Normally, in my opinion, when you come out of college, as far as football is concerned, you are what you are. Right. But when you have such a unique background as some some players do, let's say like Greg Sinette, where... You play basketball, so you still have a lot of football learning to do Right, with that frame, with that athleticism, and what he put on film in just sh- such a short time. That's the upside, and so that's why I think the Ravens had one of the best drafts, not only because they took the best quarterback in Lamar Jackson, but they also made waves by taking guys like Sonette, taking the two tight ends that they took in Andrews and um, the kid, I, I shouldn't say kid, he's 25 years old, from, from uh, South Carolina, Hayden Hurst. So they did well. And yeah. he's going to a great situation, great organization that's going to maximize his talent. And I'm excited for him. Exactly. And, and let's,
0: you know, obviously this conference is losing, losing some pretty big names. Uh, last year's offensive of Player of the Year, Tommy Stewart, moving on from Duquesne. Yeah. Um, Cameron Nash, the running back for Central Connecticut State. Graduating, a 1,000-yard rusher last year. But let's talk about some of the kids in this conference that are staying put in there, because there are quite a few quality players that are coming back for junior, senior seasons and even younger uh, that are moving forward. And, at, I mean, let's start at your favorite position, of course, at running back. Uh, and let's talk about a couple of kids. you got A.J. Hines. You mentioned him from Duquesne. He's coming back. 1,000-yard rusher last year. And Ryan Fulce coming back for Wagner. 1,306 yards, 12 touchdowns last season. These These two guys are going to be...
1: On radars, I think for pro teams, AJ Hines may be one of the one of my five uh, finalists for the Walter Payton Award. He won the the Jerry Rice Award uh, as a freshman. Okay, and so he has the talent, and he's going to get the opportunity. And they run the heck out of the football at Duquesne. But I would also look at Cameron Lewis, the wide receiver for. Uh, St. Francis. St. Francis. Yeah. You know, he's a, a big time target. Uh, you know, was breaking into new quarterback last year and, and um, Finmore, who I like a lot too. I, I think he's going to, uh, Finmore, uh, Bear Finmore. First of all, his, his name is Bear. Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> he, that's draftable alone. Yes. Right? You know, and he plays quarterback. So you got a quarterback named Bear. He has Bear. to go to Chicago. He has to.
0: I mean, like, come on,
1: Bears. It's it's a
0: slam dunk. If you get like a seventh round contemplatory comp- 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 pick, you got to take Fenimore like it, it's simple
1: so now you you look at uh, Bear Fenimore with Cameron Lewis for the second year um, and with the way they attack touchdown and check down the passing game yes there's a lot of talent coming back I'll be interested to see how Central Connecticut State replenishes that secondary yes they had a ton of talent in the secondary that they lost also Bryant uh, to be honest Bryant's got some solid players coming back. And the reason why they won those four straight games is because they finally started to click offensively. And yep. we talked about this when we were talking about the Ivy League, how important um, James Perry was to yep. Princeton's offense. You know, he he leaves, becomes the head coach at Bryant last year. And I, listen, the statement impacted me so much I will never forget it. when He said, when I asked him about the two-quarterback system he ran at Princeton – uh sometimes three yep. guys on the field, he was like, Listen, I'm gonna put my best eleven on the field, and if that just so happens to be that three quarterbacks are in my top eleven, mm-hmm. damn it, all three will be out there on the field. So There you go. Bryant and and uh what they did last year to close out the season and finishing six and five, uh new head coach, all the optimism is coming out of Smithfield, Rhode Island right now. Absolutely. I mean, you look at Price Wilson, I mean he was the top quarterback in terms of yards
0: last year. He had a little trouble turning the ball over, mm-hmm. but that changed in the last four games. He ended up with 24 touchdowns, 18 picks, not great, but he learns how to keep the ball under control. That's right there. And then, as I said, they have the Defensive Player of the Year coming back in Tom Koskin. Let me read you this stat line, folks. 103 tackles, 11 and a half sacks, 17 tackles for loss, and he also forced four fumbles. Wow. This kid
1: is a monster, and he's going into his senior season. He's got to be on radars. Another guy that probably will be on a radar, depending on how he does it. Now, granted, Wagner lost their starting star quarterback, but keep an eye on Graham Lindman. Uh, okay, he, he's coming in from well. He's coming from a lot of places. He started at Lindenwood, which is a tremendous Division II program. Transferred to Santa Barbara City College, where he starred well, um, and was at Ole Miss last year. So, he's well traveled. Interesting. But he's been productive everywhere he's been. Interesting. So, you know, he didn't play a lot or if at all at Ole Miss, obviously because they had Shea Patterson. Exactly. Yeah. But coming in to replace a guy in Thompson that's leaving out to go up to the FBS level, um, I think when you look at him juxtaposed to what you mentioned with 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 uh, Foles, the uh, f- the the tailback. Yeah. Um, how you pronounce his last name? Foles. Foles. So you look at him, and then you look at the receivers. First of all, they, he's throwing to like some trees out there like <laughs> yeah. they, they have height yes. at, at Wagner yes. you know so it's going to be fun to watch them they also do a great job of recruiting tight end position and um so they, they have a couple of H backs a couple of tight ends that's going to do well so I would say because of what he can bring to the table as a quarterback uh stabilizing that offense defensively I know Wagner's going to be tough so Wagner yeah they were four and seven last year they could be primed for that quick turnaround, too. Quinton Hampton, big star in that defense for Wagner, too, yes. the
0: transfer from UCF. So that's going to be interesting to see what he can do. He had 13 tackles for in 6.5 sacks last year in his junior season. I want to keep an eye, though, on the linebacking core at St. Francis. Okay, because this you got three juniors all coming back as seniors of Orsini, Kennard, and Bruni, all with over 60 tackles last season. That's a solid second level to have. And again, you add a you know, with a team like St. Francis, that you have a guy like Fenimore who's finding his rhythm. You got a guy like Lewis on the offense. That was where they struggled. They couldn't put much together on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they were outstanding. So, if, if these three kids can, these three guys can stay together as a unit and help them defensively like they did last year, and you have progression on the offensive side of the ball,
1: St. Francis is going to give people, a lot of people headaches. Yeah, we were talking about them last year. I remember on uh, our podcast uh during the season when they were three and one they had just beaten liberty. Uh, another out of conference win. But then they double back and lose to Presbyterian. You can't lose to Presbyterian. You know? And and that was <laughs> yeah. that was where it kind of went <laughs> off the rails. But they yeah. you know, a little bit they, it, it, then they lose, they close out the season with a loss to Eastern Kentucky. So yeah, you're right. I, I think yes, St. Francis is another team because of what they have defensively. I worry about their secondary. You know, they yep. lost some people, yes. but, you know, again their offense is going to be great. I, I believe um, they can run the ball and throw the ball with with effectiveness. So keep an eye on them. And Saint Francis, not Saint Francis, Saint Sacred Heart. If they could just find some defense, they'll they'll be all right. Yeah. You know, yeah, they, offensively they, 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 they could put up points, but they couldn't stop
0: anybody. And they lost their two leading tacklers as well from last season. They lost uh, Parvellas and, Bar- and Barry, their top two linebackers, who had ninety two and eighty nine tackles oh. respectively. So
1: now is that addition by subtraction? Or you know
0: they also lost their one of their stars in the bat, in the secondary. Whitaker, too had five picks last year.
1: Whitaker was a, a monster last year with the interceptions. I give you that. And
0: let's let's talk about Robert Morris for a quick second. And we'll go. This is the uh, one coaching change as well. Let's right. talk about the new coaching change and then what he'll have to deal with. Um, John Benazic, uh retiring after 15 seasons at Robert Morris, four years as the head man in charge. Uh, he has retired. We wish him the best in his retirement and hopefully he's living it up on a beach. Uh, but Bernard Clark comes in as the head coach former player in at the fbs level i believe at miami i believe it was but the last two jobs he's had were at defensive coordinator with hampton and albany now when you say albany and you say defense that's a pretty good combination of words to put together Mm -hmm. especially in the last few seasons he's already got a star that's already there in adam walt last year's leading tackler in the conference with 108 tackles What does Bernard Clark have to do? First of all, what is he getting at Robert Morris, and what do you think he brings to this team to get them back into contention? Toughness
1: he's bringing, number one. Yeah. Um, In conjunction to what is already on the roster, you mentioned one of the star players Their 2017 recruiting class I talked about earlier was outstanding. But he's also bringing um, the know-how to maximize what's there. Right. Um, You talked about Albany. Hell, you even can go back to Hampton's defense, yeah, which was pretty good uh, under him. And, and, again, it's just about changing the mindset. We've seen this happen before where you go to programs where teams are just kind of used to losing and, boom, something happens and it, it changes quickly yeah. and they get it turned around. Now, w- yes, they have a lot of work to do here, Right. more so on the offensive side of the ball. you got to find playmakers and not making excuses, but they are in a tough area where, you know, you, you have Pitt, yeah, you have uh, Youngstown. Even. Youngstown, like nearby West Virginia, even the, right, even a Division three program in Washington and Jefferson is right there. Yeah, um, you know, so you got to recruit in that Pittsburgh area, right? Yeah. Duquesne is in Pittsburgh, so you got to recruit, in, you know, against in the same, virtually in the same area in the as, same conference, yeah. conference, right? Of, of a team in the same conference, so yeah, they have a lot of challenges. I mean, Saint Francis is not that far away either. Yeah, you know, so they're yeah. close by, so yeah, they have some some location challenges, but as with anything, it's all about the mindset. And getting these guys to believe that they can win, because when you lose for so long, like Robert Morris has, it starts to set in. Like, okay, oh, well, we just can't win at this program. I'm like, no, 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 you can. And I think head coach Bernard Clark is a guy to get them to go in the right direction. It's not going to be difficult though,
0: as a defensive player and defensive coach. Where the main struggle of the team is offense, is that more of a is that more difficult? Do you think, or is it more about how he inspires the players he has on offense to become better? Is that is it one of the other? Or is it a little bit of both?
1: I think it's a little bit of both because when you normally when you have a defensive minded head coach, your offense will be catered toward helping your defense remain successful. Right. So I, I said that to to say this, I would expect. Robert Morris to come out and really run the football heavily. Okay. Minimize the passing game as you know as much as you can in today's era, but lean on that ground game. Um, try to keep your defense fresh, keep your defense active. That way, you can take more chances defensively. Uh, but I think you'll see the running game of Robert Morris start to take flight and take shape in 2018 as they continue to build um, the talent level. On that side of the ball I think that's how they can that's how you use your defensive uh, expertise to help out your offense and they do I mean obviously
0: Bernard Clark has brought in his own staff he's brought in uh, Gabe Luvara as their offensive coordinator Uh, Rafael Tolentino uh, taking over the defense for Robert Morris it's certainly going to be a challenge I think what I think it's going to be interesting to watch as you said is not just the change of mental attitude uh, but also what the change is in terms of philosophy at this school, um, because, again, it, it's a program that has had, I mean, the last four years, they were 8-34. Right. So, you know, as much as it is about attitude, and we saw that with a t- program like Austin P. last year, it went from winless to should have been in the, pro- in the playoffs. There's something is clearly there where it's like, OK, something needs to change completely in terms of how we play the game. When it comes to Austin P, you go from winless to there. I mean, UCF did the same thing. UCF <laughs> yeah, went from winless right. to undefeated. Right. So I think that is when you see that kind of a shift, it's more of an attitude shift.
1: And, and and to be honest, if we go back to last year, I mean, week three, we were like, wait a minute, this could be the year Robert Morris probably turns it around. They beat Dayton, which yeah. is normally a power in the Pioneer. Um, they lost to Youngstown State, that was expected. Better team they beat VMI. Shut them out. Shut them out, you know what I'm saying? And but then you get humbled cuz you got to go to North, North State. State. Right. So yeah. that kind of like took the little wind out of their sails.
0: They, they even had a, t- a good showing against East Tennessee. They only lost 16 to 3 in that game.
1: And they were good last year and they, you know, lost by a one possession game to uh Sacred Heart. So But then the conference season kicks in and and the depth that they don't have Reared its ugly I head. Mean,
0: they had a, they had a toast game to say, close, close game against Sacred Heart. They only lost by seven. They got crushed by Duquesne, crushed by St. Francis, crushed by Wagner, crushed by Bryant, crushed by Central Connecticut. So, I mean, it, it's, at this point, it's just about trying to get something done in your conference. Right. Never mind, okay, we need to win a few more games. No, 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 no. If you want to and talk about the recruiting situation they do have with Duquesne from their conference right there, right next to them, with St. Francis not too far away in Moon Township, Pennsylvania. Moon Township, but shout out to Moon Township. I've been out that way. You have to be able. You want to win these recruiting battles. You got to win some games, and against maybe even the teams that you're in that are in your area, even though it's going to be near impossible to do. But for Robert Morris, it's an uphill battle. Uh, we wish Coach Clark the best of luck. Uh, again, he's he's had quite a bit of success where he's been. This is his first head coaching job. He's got a clean, a blank slate to work with. At Robert Mars, he can build it up his way, and hopefully he can find success uh, for a program that really, in the last you know decade or so, really hasn't had much of it. So we hope that he can find that and uh, get the Colonials back into contention. Um, folks, we're going to take a quick commercial break here. Um, We've got a, f- a couple things on the way uh, later on. We're going to talk about um, the big games coming up, obviously, in the NEC. Do you have any hot takes for, for the people, Emory? I ADC? do have hot takes. And do you have takes on every team? I do have that, takes on every team. Well, I think we just found the rest of our show, folks. <laughs> we'll talk about this. We'll talk about all the big games. There are actually some very interesting out-of-conference matchups that I got my eye on as well uh, for the upcoming season here in the NEC. But we'll have to see what Emory has because I have a feeling he's got the look in his eye. He's, got, he's, he's fired up this morning, folks. He's, he's got something on his mind that for whatever reason he needs to get off his chest i want to know what it is because whatever it is it's gonna be big it's definitely gonna be gonna be big you so, all right right over there you dying over there yeah dying a little bit you know what it, it, it's all this smog coming from the bronx you know it's all this, don't die on us on the show we don't have the insurance for that there's no way i'm dying on the show uh but folks we'll be right at, back after this commercial break stay with us so you've been thinking about changing careers. Well, now's the perfect time to check out Connecticut School of Broadcasting. We have nearby campuses in Stratford, Connecticut, Westbury, Long Island, and Hasbro Heights, New Jersey. Almost everything you hear on the radio, everything you see on television and on the internet was made by a creative team of audio and video professionals. Producers, camera operators, sound designers, these are the people who work behind the scenes to make it happen. Connecticut School of Broadcasting can help you switch from your current career path to the more exciting world of audio and video production. We've placed thousands since 19.
1: csb.com
0: Welcome back folks to the FCS Opening Drive podcast presented by the Connecticut School of Broadcasting and Football Game Plan. I am alive. I did, I did survive through the commercial break, so we are back for the second mm-hmm. half of the show for NEC week. And again, folks, we even we will do with the with the NEC what we have done with every conference so far, Emery's putting out some great content already, talking about the high school recruits going to this conference. We'll have a whole week full of content. We don't even take July 4th off, or maybe we do. Are we you, don't. You, you know, I don't, at least. And that's what he says, folks, but I, I've seen the pictures. Anyway, <laughs> uh, folks, let's move forward, and let's talk more about the NEC, and let's go into the big games, Emory. And there are quite a few big games to talk about, because with a conference like this, that is so small, you're going to have a lot of out-of-conference opponents, which are going to really decide whether or not you make the postseason, to be perfectly honest. It's going to come down to that, obviously, if you're looking for an at-large bid. So I want to start with a couple of outer-conference matchups that I've got my eye on here. And I'm going to start on October the 6th with Wagner traveling to Campbell. Now, Campbell's an interesting team. Again, moving from the Pioneer League, going into the Big South. This is going to be a big challenge, because we've seen what the Big South can produce, speaking of small conferences that are underappreciated and underrated um what can wagner do is this going to be a good litmus test for wagner or is this a game where they're going
1: in thinking let's see if we can get some sort of win and if we don't whatever no it's a good test for them and plus it's a game that they're going to have to get because we know how valuable these out-of-conference games are um and you know they they don't travel far you know (laughs) i mean mom mom is not you know right there so i mean
0: it's an interesting game, I think, though, with Campbell. Because, again, they were making Campbell, the switch. Campbell, i don't know why I yeah, said Monmouth. Campbell. Yeah, so they are making that switch from going to, you know, well, actually, they do play Monmouth the it, week before. Yeah. So it's, too, it's back-to-back tough weeks for Wagner on the road. Um, but, again, taking on Big South opponents that are, I mean, again, we've seen what the strength of that conference is. Um, but it's going to be interesting, especially in the Monmouth game as well. You mentioned that one. That's kind of a recruiting battle in a way because Monmouth down at the Jersey Shore, Wagner at Staten Island, both fighting for kids in that New Jersey area, Central Jersey and
1: South Jersey area. So that's going to be a big game for that. September the 8th, you have Bryant traveling to Stony Brook. Ooh, are are you predicting some intrigue? Hey, that's 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 a that's a, that's a litmus test game, you know, with with how Bryant is shaping up to enter the 2018 season. Okay. Um, you don't want to count victories but they'll be coming off of a win against New Haven uh division 2 program uh, a very good division 2 program in the any NA- uh, 10, 10 I believe <laughs> but so that's a game that uh you know we'll learn a lot about bryant September the 8th against stonybrook i think that's a good one and i also believe when you talk about wagner um they open up with a unique game bowie state yes if Why is you, that unique? If you haven't seen Amir Hall play quarterback, that's a challenge. You know, he, he was the uh, Black College National Player of the Year last year mm. over Lamar Renard, who was a MEAC Player of the Year. Mm. Amir Hall, 6'4", about 200 pounds, boys, senior quarterback. Boise State's what, D2? D2. They got a great coach down there in Damon Wilson. So Interesting. They that's going to be an interesting game. They have know? an interesting start of the schedule. You start with Bowie State, then they're at Syracuse. Another interesting game. For Wagner's schedule is interesting because... Then they're out at Montana. They go from there to Montana, which they ha- they is nutty. Have, they have the most interesting schedule in, in the FCS, I believe.
0: The most interesting schedule in FCS football. <laughs> we will fly to Montana to play the Grizzlies. <laughs> that's a the hell Momcats. of a game,
1: though, man. Then Think about then that.
0: Then they come home from Sacred Heart at Tough home. Tough game. But then they go to Monmouth and Campbell. So it's like... Are we ever going to be – how many home – they have three home games this season. Four home games. Four home games this season. But, like, jeez, tough tough year for the Wagner SID trying to figure out how, to, how the heck they're going to get their team out there.
1: There's two Central Connecticut State games that jump out at me in the early part of the season, I think too. I know what one of them is. is. Is one of them that you're looking at September 22nd? No. I was looking at the – one in the same, you know, same borough uh, or close to it, Columbia. I was looking at the week before – Ah, uh, that's going to be an interesting that's game. That's an interesting game. But, yeah, the Fordham game I'm you're talking about. i looking at the about, Fordham game. That's going to that, be a
0: good one. At Fordham, tough game they got at Lafayette the week after that as well. So they got two tough games against the Patriot League. But the Columbia game, you're right, that's going to be a very interesting one.
1: That's going to be a very intriguing one. And also, their opener against Ball State. That's a winnable game. Exactly. I think that's a winnable game. <laughs> I mean, Ball. sorry, Ball State. Sorry, but. It, so that's that's what I'm saying. That's, that's some intrigue right there uh, for, you know, Central Connecticut State. Uh, we talk. We always say like we'll learn a lot about Team X Y Z. But yeah, that, I mean, yeah. you go into Ball State and 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 again, you you're facing a MAC team. It's like playing a team in the CAA. You yeah. know, I think that's the style. So are are they built for? yet? Yeah, they're built for. It, so we'll see how built they are. And, and speaking of that, uh, Duquesne, September 22nd. Not because you know they they do have a shot to to be competitive at Hawaii. But you go to Hawaii. That's dope. It is. Uh, I mean, that is. That's a heck of a trip, especially when you're
0: up in Pittsburgh. They're going to oh, love that trip. Oh, man. we get to go to Hawaii? Oh, I, ge- I guess you can twist our arm. That's fine. I mean, they start the year at UMass, so we can't get any lower than that <laughs> going, to, Listen, going up to the zoo. You
1: talk, about, you talk about intrigue. That's a winnable game by far. That's a. That, you by know. far. Now, that will be treated as two outstanding tailbacks. Yes. UMass is- has a phenomenal tailback. That's an NFL prospect. And uh, last name Young, their quarterback Andrew Ford is pretty good too. I was at a Temple game last year, and both guys really stood out. We know AJ Hines is coming to play. Uh, Duquesne will be breaking a new quarterback, right? You know, transfer from Florida Atlantic. So that's going to be a very good game. I may be. I I think that is before my broadcast schedule kicks off. So it's August twenty fifth. I, I think UMass. I think that may be a Thursday game or Friday game. I may be
0: at that game. It's a weird schedule for Duquesne too. At UMass, then they have Lock Haven, Valparaiso, and Dayton before they go to
1: Hawaii. Oh, they'll be like, they could be three and one by the time. Yeah, they yeah. go out to Hawaii. Yeah, I think so. Flirting with four and zero. Yeah, I think because uh, they have all summer yeah. to prepare for UMass. Yeah, that's true. That's true. One game, one more game before
0: we get into the conference games here. You mentioned Bryant. Their last week of the season is a really interesting game for me. They're at Howard. That's a very interesting game for me. Wow. That's a, it's a weird way. to First of all, you're ending the season on an non-conference game, which is weird in itself. Right. But they're playing at Howard. That's a very
1: intriguing game that for game, me. And, uh, that could decide
0: whether, whether Bryant makes the playoffs, either as
1: a conference champion or not. at-large bid. Knock on wood, uh, if everything gets finalized, I could be on the broadcast for that game.
0: Put it in their ear, Emory. Put it in. There every single you know, time.
1: I got the schedule for Morgan State. We're waiting on the schedule for Howard, so we'll see. And Washington but, DC in November. What could possibly go wrong? It will be just like Smithfield, Rhode Island. <laughs> so oh, I see where you go with that. <laughs> just <laughs> I missed it. It's an election. I year. missed it. You're, you're on fire. That's that's all I'm saying. But let's get into the conference. But, schedule hold now. up. Oh, oh, okay, never mind. Never mind. got the conference schedule. Go ahead. Go do your thing. But that that game. Yeah, that is an intriguing game. Yeah, for all the reasons you mentioned. Yeah. You know, normally teams are playing
0: conference games. They're playing a rivalry game. Like, if, if you're playing a non-conference game at the end of the season, you would expect it for Bryant in particular. You'd expect either URI or Brown. Because it's an in-state rivalry game. Right. Which, th- by the way, they don't play either one of them this year. That's but I don't interesting, know what happened. too. But
1: they're playing Howard. And we know that game is going to be. That's a good game to schedule at the end bingo, of the season. Bingo, because you got the go-go offense. Yep. Oh, my God. That's why it's going to be so fun to watch. you got the go-go offense of D.C. Of, yeah. of, of, of Howard with Coach Brennan Marion. Price Wilson who just airs the ball out on the other side. And James Perry's offense. Like, this and, is and this John, game might get into the 70s.
0: <laughs> then we got a, a good wide receiver too and John Constant that's coming back as well for Bryant who could be a big force on that side. That could be a very interesting game. That game
1: will look like an arena football game. Basketball season would have started by then so people will get confused. Shout out to the Washington <laughs> Valor. Let's, let's move on to the Washington. Wow, there's a there's a name.
0: There you go. <laughs> <a name> drop. <laughs> let's let's get into the conference schedule though, and some of the games I'm looking at here. I'm going to look at the Bryant versus Duquesne game on October the sixth because I think again you talk about Duquesne who should have won it last year, lost to Central Connecticut State, and then really fell off. And they're you know they've lost a lot, especially on the offensive side of the ball, losing Tommy Stewart. Uh, as you said, they're bringing in a new quarterback. Bryant going the other direction program that's relatively new on the rise they ended the season brilliantly last year that's going to be a big game for both to decide where they're going to be in the conference
1: i also look at sacred heart um i think they have a very tough opening month of the season they have three straight road games they open up against uh lafayette tough you very know, tough. but the game the conference game they play is the first one they play is at wagner yeah um so that's a really a good litmus test for both teams. Yes. So I think Sacred Heart, how they start September, could ultimately determine how they finish the rest because they also got Dartmouth on that schedule, on the road. Cornell uh, on the road. Central Connecticut on the road. Bucknell on the road. And then they close out with St. Francis. And
0: they also have Penn at home. That's so a tough schedule. They got a tough schedule.
1: But I do know that head coach Mark Nofree is a phenomenal coach. Like I said, they were in the playoffs a couple of years ago and a really good team a couple of years ago. They've always yeah. been a good team. Usually they are uh, led by their ground game, their offensive line, um, and their defense. So right. we need all of that to get back in order for, for them to be successful. But this schedule definitely is going to uh, challenge them, so to speak, uh, this year. I'll be interested to see how they come out the first quarter of the season. Another
0: team I want to keep an eye on this year is St. Francis, and they're gaming at Central Connecticut State. On November the 10th, I'm going to give you my hot take right here. Okay. That game will decide the conference champion. That game right there. On September the... On on November the 10th, not September the... November the 10th, Central Connecticut State at St. Francis will decide who wins the NEC. Wow. Okay. I think that... With what St. Francis did last year on the defensive side of the ball, bringing back all those guys that achieved that record on the defensive side of the ball, and again, you mentioned... Bear Fenimore, he's got another year under his belt. You mentioned Keenan Lewis. This is going to be a team. It's going to be a defensive slugfest with Central Connect. This game could end 10-7. But I think whoever is on the side that has 10 is winning the conference right then and there. I think St. Francis is that good. They've got a tough schedule, too, at the beginning of the year with Delaware State at home. They're at Richmond and Albany, which are tough. Both yeah, are very a Richmond tough games. Yeah, Richmond game is going to be
1: fun to watch, I think. Um,
0: but... I think that game they will need – first of all, they'll need to win it if they're going to make the playoffs at all, even if it's an at-large bid. But I think they have enough in the tank that they can – I think they can win that game. They got Wagner, Robert Morris away, but they're home with Duquesne, they're home with Bryant, they're home with Central Connecticut State. All three of their home games in conference are against the big teams. So at least they'll have the advantage.
1: Okay. I mean, since we're giving out hot takes right now, let me – Go ahead. Let me dive into – this is one um, I'm giving out. Okay. All right, now, this is a, this is a hot take. He, he's building it up. I'm folks. building it up. This is a hot take. <laughs> Man, this is a I – mean, How hot is it? it it's going to be flambe. <laughs> is, is this baked Alaska hot take? Is this well, we did the Missouri Valley last week, right? Right. How many playoff teams? I said, I said seven, right? You said six. Six out of the Missouri Valley. No, I think I said seven. I
0: think you said I – think, I think you said there, there's an outside shot at seven, but I think okay, you said definitely six. six.
1: Okay. I can see – Uh Uh-oh. Three teams from the NEC making the playoffs. Are you high? You know why? (laughs) Are you high? That's the hot take. Three teams make the playoffs. But here's here's why I think— You're going to need at least two teams to go undefeated in their out-of-conference schedule. But that's—look at some of the out-of— It'll be hard to turn away a team in the FCS that has FBS wins, right? And we just rattled off about four games that are winnable— from teams in this conference. But Central Connecticut also I mean, yeah, I think
0: they can beat Ball State. They fell that out with Lincoln. They're gonna blow out Lincoln. It's a D two team. That's not gonna help. True. And then you think they're gonna beat Columbia, Fordham Lafayette in a row.
1: I'm just saying if No 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 this is your hot take. I wanna I wanna bury this. <laughs> right? No, no, no. Let's let's look at let's look at last year's record. Eight and four, seven and four, six and five, right? So with those overall records, if those overall records are the last of last year's top three teams includes wins against UMass, Syracuse. There's no
0: way they're beating Syracuse.
1: You see, the, the Syracuse, they got a defense I know yet? It's,
0: I know what Syracuse is. They, they, re- they,
1: they play defense up there yet? So you got, you, you got, <laughs> you got UMass, point. Syracuse. I'm not saying they will beat Syracuse because Syracuse is a tough team. You but got a Hawaii game for Duquesne. You got Hawaii you know. Hawaii and UMass, if they get two,
0: but, but again, as we saw last year with Austin Pete, FBS wins don't matter. But
1: they didn't beat an FBS team. They came well, close. FBS, FBS games don't matter. Apparently, if you play three of them, that hurts your You gotta win them. You gotta pull a North Carolina A T and t win them. Howard won one. They, if they would've won the, the Kent State game, they probably are an at-large team in the playoffs. So, that's my point. That's why, I know it's a hot take. I know only one team got in, but if, if, these teams can pull off these FBS upsets coming out this conference and stay competitive like they were? Yes, it, it's a possibility. So that's the only hot take I have for the NEC. Add F-ball game plan. <laughs> three teams from the
0: NEC will make the postseason. Where, where are you getting the other playoff teams from? That's my question. You think they, Listen. Are they going to take away bids from the CAA of the Missouri Valley? Because you know they're not going to do that. Absolutely not. Are they going to give one team... Out of the big sky a bit, you know they're not doing that. Well, there's, there's Southland. Where, where are you taking? The, where are you taking these? I want to. I want to listen back to see how many teams you've predicted from these conference. And add them up. And add them up, and we'll probably uh, probably have like a forty-eight team field.
1: And what's wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with that, <laughs> but it makes no sense. <laughs> I'm that. telling you, if if it'll be hard for the committee to keep teams out that got legit FBS. Now, granted, whether or not you consider UMass and Hawaii. Power FBS programs, they still have, you know, 20 more scholarships than these FCS programs. So, yeah, they have yeah. an advantage. It's still an, on paper, it will say team A beat FBS opponent. So, that's why I'm saying. And I think the teams are good enough to where they're going to, you know, the conference schedule is what's really going to make this not happen because they got to play each other. There's not a deep enough conference where you can avoid certain teams, right, like the Missouri yeah. Valley or the CAA. Uh, you got to play everybody in this in this conference. Yeah. And so you would hope, – hopefully everyone would have to go – I think ideally everyone would have to probably go 4-2, and two, one of those weird like seven-way yeah. ties for the top. Yeah. But some of those out-of-conference wins have to be uh, FBS opponents. Now, that's my hot take. It'll be interesting to see – to watch this thing play out. First of all, I will say with Hawaii, never underestimate a Samoan. I will say that. First of way. all, I like Hawaii. I think Hawaii. Now they're breaking the quarterback that I really like has transferred, uh, so they're breaking the quarterback. But they have legitimate offense. And another thing about Hawaii, what's why are they hell bent on being this airy team? Why aren't you lining up and playing power football with that access to all those offensive linemen? Yep, you're going about this the wrong way, Hawaii. You should be the <laughs> best rushing team in the country. When you have a whole,
0: when you have half a roster of Samoan warriors doing the haka before the game, you should put them in front of people, not around people. Just hit them. Just don't give them the spear, though. I, I will say that Utah gave them the blueprint. Also, I will say this too: in terms of you know getting teams in or not, new policy for the committee. You have all of your automatic bids in. You take away the names and rely strictly, strictly on the resume while you're picking your at-large. You do not get a chance to look at the name until you say, "These are
1: the teams that are getting in." Reveal, and then they're surprised. I can't wait till we do our uh, our uh, season preview show. We're going to have our little big whiteboard in here. We're going to put together the playoff bracket because we're going to try to play the committee and really decide who's gonna who's gonna make it and and who are. On the bubble, and you know how we do it. We don't care of names or anything like that, and you know we don't look at programs. We look at resume. We play no favorites. Bingo. So none. You mean to tell me I can't? You mean to tell me if if you I'm I'm still no I, even with that statement you're still insane for saying the NEC's getting three teams. You're insane. I'm I saying be, two yeah, most. I may, I may be insane, but I mean if Duquesne beats you, Mass, right? <laughs> he, he's hell bent on this. Fight. I'm looking at it. Brian <laughs> beats. Uh, they don't play a D1 program, but they do play Stony. So let's say they beat Stoney. Apparently that counts for more if you play at CAA opponent than you play at FBS opponent. Isn't that right, committee? Well, yeah, I about to say, I, I knew that was a shot at the committee, not me. Uh, <laughs> Sacred Heart plays. Central's, Central's got Ball State. Central's got. Ball, that's the other team I was th- at, Ball State. Duquesne's got two with
0: UMass and Hawaii, which probably means that's going to hurt them somehow. If they beat both of those teams. Robert Morris is JMU, by the way.
1: They're not beating JMU.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine?
1: Shout out to Robert
0: Morris. Imagine not beat JMU. Imagine the scenes if they knock off JMU week three.
1: Moon Township
0: will be on fire. <laughs> they're not in Moon Township. Oh, yeah, they are in Moon Township. Never mind. I mean, all 50 people in are in Moon Township, not part of the be university. On would be on fire. I, that's all I'm saying. I mean, they have a, a nice opponent to go into that game, Virginia State. Listen, Virginia. Also a tough game. <laughs> I'm about to see, right? Like, listen. Like. Dayton, tough game. Virginia
1: State, tough game. JMU. Good luck, Robert Morris. I'm sorry. Like it's just it's. Well, shout out to the C I A A getting two FCS opponents. Virginia State has Robert Morris, and we just talked about Bowie and, and Wagner. Check them out. Well done. Well
0: done. All right. Let's let's go through each team here, Emory. Okay. To wrap up the show, we got only seven, so it'll be a little bit easier for you. Let's start with Bryant. What can we expect out of this team? What are you looking forward to?
1: Looking forward to seeing how their offense progresses in year two. I want to see the defense get back up to speed because if they can match great offense with great defense, they'll be fun to watch.
0: They are losing their top two wide receivers as well, and Tom Kennedy and uh, Matt Seawall. They both graduated, so that's going to be a tough loss to see how they replace them. Uh, Central Connecticut,
1: the defending champs, the Blue Devils, can they do it again? They can. However, I think the approach will have to be offensively as opposed to their defense, which led the way last year. I think mm-hmm. their offense really has to really uh, pick up the slack this year. Defensively, as they break in new pieces and, and start to gel, they'll probably get better later on, which is important. But early on in the season, on the onset, their offense really has to hit the ground running.
0: Central Connecticut, some would argue. I don't I don't know how good Lincoln is this season. They're not good. Okay, so they've got at least one win in the first. They could easily win the conference game with an 8-4 and four record. That's true. They, they get have, the, the playoffs. They the four games, Columbia,
1: Fordham, Lafayette, Ball So State. They, get the, they get the automatic bid, right?
0: Ah, you're trying to trap me on that one, and hey. I'm not giving you. Hey. Shout out to Coach, <laughs> Coach Rosamanda, though. did a great job last year. He we'll, did. Look to see what he does in his fifth season. Duquesne looked so good for almost the entire season, and then they got to the last three weeks last year, and they, just, they lost to Liberty, they lost to Central Connecticut, and then they lost the title and lost
1: to Bryant. They only lost to Central Connecticut by a point. What does Duquesne do for revenge? Get back to basics. What they've always done, which is why they were in that position last year, they can run the ball. That's a given. Um, how quickly the new quarterback gets up to speed is going to be key. Defensively, they lost some pieces, but I, I do believe they have the talent that's coming up through the ranks that's going to help that defense stabilize. I think Duquesne is, a, is more of a solid team than a lot of people think. All right, all right. Let's move on to Robert Morris,
0: new, new coach. New philosophy, new mental attitude. What do we see from, out of Robert Morris? I, I, I think I think the consensus is they're still going to be on the bottom. But do you see
1: significant improvement this year? I'll, here's a hot take: uh, They'll upset one of the top teams this year. That, that, that's a that's a
0: steak on the grill. Is what exactly. That is. That, that, that's a fourth. That's tallest. how I'm,
1: that's how what I think about the improvement they'll make. That, that's
0: a Frank's Red Hot on the grill. Is what that is. <laughs> <laughs> that's. that's I mean, do you want to
1: mention who? No. Are you sure? I am positive. But I will say this. One team will get upset in the conference by Robert Morris. It's Duquesne. I just saw
0: it in his eyes. It's Duquesne. (laughs) You can call him out on that one. Sacred Heart, what can we expect from
1: the Pioneers? Man, that's tough because... They're they're a tough team to figure out. Well, because they always had the same formula. Yeah, They were doing St. Francis things before St. Francis. And so, you know, they were building. They beat- were biblical, right? They were they were beating teams physically up front on both sides of the ball. Uh, tremendous ground game historically. Uh, I, I think they get back to that, and so I think you'll see them being a lot more close games. Some games they'll close out. Um, I think they'll be much better than than they were last year. I know last year they were what four and seven. Yep. I think they could have a winning record this year.
0: Sacred Heart, they're either going to be running that 4-7-3-8, and seven, three and eight, or they could finish with seven wins. You don't know. With right. them. They're very hard to figure out. Another team that's hard to figure out, St. Francis. Again, we talked about how much they're bringing back on the defense side of the ball. They
1: were tremendous there last season. Can they get enough offense to contend? I think they can. I think they have enough offense. Their ground game, uh, I don't know whether or not they're getting Bagley back, the tailback, mm. uh, but they have depth at that position. Finnimore and Cameron Lewis are going to light up you know, the secondaries, that's a playoff team in my opinion. I think they will do I a agree. good job in uh, rebounding and, and pushing forward within this conference.
0: I agree. I completely agree. And let's go into the last team, Wagner. What do we get out of the
1: Seahawks this season? Outstanding football. I think it, – It sounds what, like you're picking them to be that third playoff team. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Wagner – I use Wagner as my – Basis for stating the claim that this conference is underrated. You don't normally you don't see FCS teams get pilfered. Yeah, we've seen Wagner get pilfered. Yeah, it's true. Guys come in like, all right, I can be here for two years and then I can get the heck out of here. Oh, he's to, a graduate transfer. We, we, you know, we're I can, we're can go to I can go to Connecticut. I can go to Columbia. I can go to Syracuse. I can go, to, you know, what I'm saying so. I think when you look at Wagner and the job that Coach O'Toole has done. And the recruiting that's taking place, they've done a good job of, of recruiting the third uh, realm, so to speak, like the guys that are at the UCF, um, the South Florida's, the places that are FBS programs that are not getting a lot of playing time and coming right. up to Staten Island. Yep. In conjunction to the recruiting efforts that they've done. I don't think people understand how good Wagner is. I think. Or people, what they can be. That's what people will find out this year
0: hmm I, th- I think that i can write that in for your third team from the NDC. well we'll just write that in in ink that's fine is <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, what july 3rd
1: tomorrow really is the fourth
0: wow tomorrow is july 4th independence day folks um I'll, again you, if you want to listen back on this podcast or any of our previous podcasts while ignoring your family you can do that <laughs> on itunes and soundcloud this has been your message but uh no it, it i mean again this is going to be a conference that last year, we thought we had it figured out until about week eight. Right. Duquesne's got it. It's wrapped up. They've played tremendous football. Oh, they lost to Liberty. Oh, how did they lose to Central Connecticut State by one? And then they lost their final game. If they don't lose, if they win two out of those three games, if they even if they lose to Central Connecticut State, they probably make the playoffs. If you really think about it. Yeah. So, going to be an interesting conference to watch. Going to be... A little, it's gonna be a little weird to watch some of these guys. again, some weird out of conference games too to keep an eye on them. Montana State, how is Wagner getting
1: money to go to like how, Montana State? That's Wagner crazy. Wagner's schedule is phenomenal. That it, it's
0: it's it's wild, folks. You really have to see. There's it a state. lot going on with Wagner's <laughs> schedule, but I like it. It's it's a it's an interesting schedule to be sure. This man's over here saying there's going to be three teams in the NEC. I can't state that enough. That's him, not me, him. Not my hot take, (laughs) his hot take. Folks, again, that'll wrap it up for the podcast this week for the NEC. We still got some great programming coming out over the holiday week here uh, for the Northeast Conference.
1: Next week, we delve into the OVC. Interesting. It's another underrated conference, man. Very underrated. You got some good teams in in the OVC, uh, led by Jacksonville State, but Tennessee State is a a tough one. Austin P. Uh, should have been in the playoffs last do, year Do I so. get to rant about Austin P. Yes again? you get to rant about Austin P. <laughs> yes <laughs> Fantastic
0: <laughs> So I get to go at the committee once again Phen- Phenomenal <laughs> like, like again The team that teams that would have benefited Are the teams that should have made it in If they had just Covered the names yep. so the, any, any team that's c- being considered for an at-large bid Cover the names Then bring the committee in And let them just look at the resume Which would include Strength of conference And strength of the schedule But it shouldn't be based on a name Period We'll talk about the OVC from top to bottom. We'll talk we'll, whether Jacksonville State will continue their dominance over the OVC, which is what they have had. Let's be call. Let's call it what it is. Over that conference for the last few seasons. Will Austin P continue to be go from wait? Austin P is good. To Austin P is good. Will it continue on that path? We'll go through every team in the OVC. We'll talk about everything there. As long as we don't. As long as we survive this heat wave, because it's getting brutal. out Dude, there, Dude, it folks.
1: was so hot yesterday. I was in. I was in New York City yesterday doing the fantasy sports network stuff um but yeah dude it was so hot and you know it's sundress season right yeah but everybody was sweaty and sticky it, it it is
0: hot and humid up here in the northeast folks it is getting nothing but worse uh i, I mean it, you're feeling probably feeling right at home playing in louisiana i mean it, but
1: that's why i left
0: <laughs> you you <laughs> thought it was going to be better? In this this like, oh, you naive human being. It doesn't get that hot up there. Uh-huh. It snows every day. This is, what happens. this is what happens to the education in this country, folks. <laughs> get up and experience it, and it, it is absolutely dreadful. Also, I just want to add a quick side note for this weekend. New York is red. New York Derby. I will be attending for soccer. New York Rebels at the Smurfs of NYCFC. Can't wait to crush them again. We've already crushed them twice this season. New York is red. We'll just add that in there. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just search New York Derby on YouTube and you'll find out.
1: Nobody knows what you're talking about because nobody watches soccer. They
0: will find out. That's all I'm saying. The World Cup is going on right now. If there's going to be one time where I can get some interest in this game that I love, it's going to be
1: now. What's the World Cup?
0: Get out. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, that'll do it for the podcast. Henry, I will somehow drag you to a soccer game somewhere along the line. I might have to drug him first to get him there, but we will get him there. Folks, again, enjoy your 4th of July holiday. Be safe. If you're going to be lighting up fireworks, get someone who knows what they're doing or don't do it. People shoot them off all the time. That They'll do it from the town. You don't even have to worry about blowing off your hand. <laughs> just don't be smart fire about it. fire department going to be busy this week. Just be, just be smart about it. If you're going to drink, please get a designated driver as well. Drink responsibly. Get a designated driver. Get home safe to wherever celebration you're going to, wherever that happens to be. Enjoy your holiday week. We'll be back next week with the OVC. Emery, enjoy your holiday, sir. You
1: too. Go watch some soccer.
0: I will do just You just that said just, that there, right? I will do that just when I <laughs> – I'll do that right when I get home. Thank you very much. Folks, enjoy the weekend. Thanks for listening in.